Hey, it's 1107. Glad to have you with us. All right, so we've told you what's wrong with the battery-powered cars. They take forever to charge. <clears throat> Not everybody even has a charger. A lot of people rent. They're terrible in cold weather. And all the uh, the digging for minerals and, and how exploitive that is uh, for young kids in third-world countries <clears throat> where China apparently is dominating the market. Uh, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Once they catch fire, they're hard to ex- uh, extinguish. Uh, they, they, they don't hold up in the cold. It, it's just one, one bad idea after another. So John Kerry, who is uh, stopping, his, uh, he's ending his role as the quote-unquote climate envoy. He claims that companies are pulling back from electric vehicles because of a scare campaign. <laughs> With Hertz downsizing its Tesla fleet, Ford cutting production of its F-150 Lightning. Um, is, is this, what, uh, is this what's, what the problem is? Uh, plus, the Supreme Court agrees to decide whether the Eighth Amendment includes the right. Well, it, never mind that. We'll, we'll just, it, it, it's only tangentially uh, appropriate. But apparently, that's what John Kerry thinks is the reason that battery-powered cars are a failure. It's hard to explain how anybody could be so stupid. But, you know, in his arrogance, he's sure he is right that, uh, you know, battery-powered cars are a necessity and that everybody out there is wrong. Kerry said, and it's a quote, it's been a very, uh, very clear policy which regrettably has been attacked by people who are engaged in high levels of disinformation. They've been trying to scare people about the range of vehicles. So there's range anxiety out there. But in addition to that, you've had some pullback because communities aren't moving fast enough to give permitting to, de- to deploy some of the renewables that we need. The guy's in a whole other world. He he apparently isn't aware of what an abysmal failure these things are. A Consumer Reports survey found that new EV owners report 78% more problems with their cars than gas-powered cars. And the reasoning goes on and on and on. It's not just range anxiety. You know what? You give me a battery-powered car that'll go 250, 300 miles, and I can recharge it in five minutes. I'm good with that. But that doesn't exist. That, that's not out there. It's not the anxiety about how far I can go on a, on a, uh, a full charge. Is how long do I have to stand there trying to to get a charge in that battery? Plus, if the battery goes bad after you've purchased this vehicle, how much is that going to cost you? Well, apparently in some cases it's worth more than the car itself. 
it, it's, uh, it's, they're just not dealing with reality here. And these cars that start fires, they're going to have to, I mean, if they're, they insist on continuing to build these, these terrible products, they need to come up with some type of an ejection core, like they have in Star Trek, or they eject, oh, yeah. eject the uh, core. Yeah. Get rid of that damn thing and get it out of the car. Otherwise, I mean, it's, it's terrible. And so many, I'm not fear-mongering Mr. Carey. These things start fires, okay? They catch fires, and it's happening all the time. And if his job was to convince not only the United States but China to give up on burning coal and, and other carbon fuels, he's been an abysmal failure. You know, he, he knows that China has a lot of coal plants and that they keep burning and building, uh, you know, uh, coal and, and coal plants, uh, power plants. But he, he, you know, is he gonna? Who's he gonna blame for that? It's it, it's a failure of a policy that was a solution in search of a problem that doesn't exist. David is back on EVs. David, welcome. <laughs> Hello, Gary. I tell you what, just when you think you're the dumbest, you know, there's always someone people that step up to the plate and take your place. And John Kerry is just another person. You know, you know, back in uh, COVID days, there was a thing called Zoom that, that was uh, really famous, you know, when you stayed at home. How come that never, uh, you know, John Kerry, he could have stayed on Zoom forever and a day and helped this climate change and all that stuff. And, you know, they all these elites climbed back on their jets after the COVID thing, and Zoom was a thing of the past. It's amazing how hypocritic these people are. Yep. They're absolutely right. They could be doing it right now. They didn't have to go to Davos. They could no, have had their. Hey, they could have gone to go to meeting. David, yeah, point well taken. Appreciate the call. Thank you. You're welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Evelyn, good morning. Good morning, Gary and uh, Brian. Uh, it just sounds like to me, Carrie's a guy who is too invested financially to see the truth. And he's gaslighting us, shifting the blame, and a whole host of other. Uh, logical fallacies. I'm, I'm wondering, is he the one who bought property in swampland and uh, flood zones that put a bunch of EV stations out there? And how much money did he make off all that? So I'm just, you know, it just come on, come on, Carrie, stop it. We're we're smarter than this. I mean, the arrogance, of the failure is. It's not. It's you know. Well, it's clearly the whole mechanics of of a battery powered car. But in his mind, it's it's people's. It would have worked, except people got scared because, well, we're all lying. We're not and lying. we're too stupid. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you for everything you do, Gary. Thank you, Evelyn. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, Mel, welcome. Good morning. I'm glad you guys are in where it's safe. Yeah. Um, on the EVs, back this spring, I'm a member of the American Legion here in town. Two of us were there doing some work, and a gentleman came in. He had a box that, a uh, shadow box that had his grandfather's World War II medals and awards in it and it had been burnt. And he's trying to figure out how to get them replaced and we helped him with that. The reason he had a house fire, he had bought a brand new Ford Maverick hybrid pickup truck. 
took it in the basement, plugged it in, woke up sometime in the night, and the house is on fire. Total loss. Put it in the basement? You uh, mean put it in the garage? Yeah, you put, put it in the basement garage. And had it charging, I guess. All right. I, he didn't say whether it's charging or not, but the truck caught fire and, you know, his house was gone. Yeah, you don't he even have to be road? charging them. Yeah. You don't even have right. to be charging them. They will ignite on their own. And he'd gone to a lawyer, and the lawyer says, uh, won't take the case, just wait for the... Uh, um, the insurance? Everybody Where everybody sues. Oh, class action lawsuit? Class, yeah, he said, just wait, because there's, there's going to be class action lawsuits on these. I wonder if you contact so, your homeowner's insurance or your car insurance if, the, if you have a, a fire... Well, you know, have to be both, really. Tell him to go find another attorney because <laughs> he should be able to start uh, litigation on that right away. Yeah, I'm sure. But uh, he was really, really down, down, down. And I could understand. I mean, his he had just lost the house like three or four weeks before he showed up at our door. And I'm glad we could help him. But uh, TVs are, you couldn't run fast enough to. Give me one. Yeah. I I agree. I agree. Mel, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Plus, the added weight, parking garages, roadways, all suffering because of that. Pete, good morning. Good morning. One of the things you haven't talked about is the dealerships have to pay between half a million and three quarters of a million to train their technicians and to buy the tooling. And they're forced into that. And yeah. then there was a, a very scientific guy on YouTube who out in Denver, Colorado, three below zero, had his Tesla charged 100%. It called for 300 miles. He made it 161 miles and dead battery. So. It's yeah. not what you think. And the insurance cost on these things, are, if the insurance company will write them, it's it skyrocketed because they're burning down houses and things. Yeah, and but in John Kerry's to, mind, it's all misinformation. It's not happening at but all. That's where you're wrong, is Kerry doesn't have a mind. Oh, I, <laughs> all right. I'll buy into that. Pete, thank you for the call, buddy. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, the COVID vaccine. This is new, apparently another side effect. Uh, and, and you'll want to know about this. It is important. It's the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. You go to a hotel room, even a bathroom on an airplane. They may have hidden cameras. Uh, we got some uh, some ways to find them. We'll share that with you. In the meantime, COVID vaccines apparently could trigger vasculitis, uh, which could damage your organs. Several case reports indicate, uh, and this is uh, from the Epic Times. God, I love the Epic Times. Uh, COVID vaccines may be associated with vasculitis. Uh, it inflames and damages blood vessels. An ANCA-associated vasculitis uh, can cause damage to small blood vessels. Since they're distributed throughout the body, any part of the body can be affected. Uh, the most common areas being the lungs, kidneys, 
joints, ears, nose, and nerves. Uh, there are several cases uh, of, of this uh, popping up, and it turns out uh, it's due to the, the vaccine and the vaccine booster. A case report published in Case Reports in Nephrology, uh, April 23, detailed an 82-year-old woman with high blood pressure who, after receiving her third booster of COVID-19 vaccine, developed myeloperoxidase, an anti-neurophil cystoplasmic antibody. Who the hell knows what all this means? The bottom line is that she got sick. Uh, and there are other stories like this, and they they thought that she had some kind of you know infection or something. Uh, she got a headache and it subsided, uh, and then uh, she started to have uh, fevers and general malaise. Uh, they thought a bacterial infection, but nope, blood test didn't find any. Uh, later, she's admitted to the hospital. Physical exam, uh, imaging test didn't reveal uh, uh, you know what was going on, but eventually they found out that it was the vaccine. So if you've suffered any of those symptoms uh, after you got the shot or uh, even now, because apparently uh, it could take a little while, you might want to look into this because it can be deadly. I, you know, if you didn't know better, you'd think they were trying to kill people off. Oh, no. The FDA is, you know, very thorough in all of their checking when medicines come to market. You know, sometimes it takes 10, 20 years unless you have a vaccine for COVID. And then, you know, it's kind of a rush deal. I'm not sure why, but. You know, I I talked earlier about this uh, cancer vaccine. They, they've come up with a cancer vaccine, and it works on lung cancer and prostate cancer and all kinds of other cancers. <laughs> and, you know, there, there are stories of, of people getting this vaccine who are at stage four and given months to live who 10 years later are still cancer-free because of this vaccine. But they can't get it to the market yet because they have to go through another stage of testing. If you had a stage four cancer and you wanted to uh, to try this because you got nothing to lose, you can't. And and you know I know everybody said, well, uh, uh, President Trump got this thing passed about uh, right to try, right to try. It's not so easy as you might think. It's not so easy as you might think. And but why? Seriously though, why? Do vaccines always seem to get the green light immediately if it has the word COVID in it? They, it, they don't do the same amount of uh, tests on these things. They just push them out there, and then they discover, oh, there's a problem. Well, I, uh, you know, there's a part of me that thinks this is, you know, a, a solution to the population problem. I just can't believe that a major pharmaceutical company would, would do that. Or be a part of that. I, um, I and I was in favor of choice. If you wanted it, you could have it. If you didn't want it, you shouldn't have to take it. Nobody should. Uh, the government shouldn't discriminate or force you to take the shot. I took the shot. 
I I regret it uh, to this day. I I wonder, you know, is there a way to get that spike protein out of my system? Will it cause a problem? Um, I I should never have done it. Just, uh, it just a, it's a great regret for me. Uh, but, uh, you know, and there are some people who are saying there are some ways to get rid of that spike protein. But these people who develop vasculitis, they literally have to be transfused. It, it's, it's, uh, that's how they uh, manage to uh, get everything cleaned up for her uh, and others, apparently. Five types of COVID-19 vaccines linked with uh, ANCA-associated vasculitis. Cases from 29 patients, 22 receiving mRNA vaccines, Moderna and Pfizer. Four getting AstraZeneca, two getting uh, Covaxin, and one getting Johnson & Johnson. All exhibited symptoms of vasculitis after one of these uh, COVID-19 vaccines. Uh, 22 of them had kidney damage. I mean, it really, it, it, it can lead to multi-organ failure, uh, multi-organ damage. Why, you know, why didn't we get this information before? It's almost like they're working with the eight. For a while there, I was thinking maybe they were trying to save us from uh, Social Security uh, and Medicare going bankrupt. <laughs> Literally, you know, they kill off enough old people, maybe they can save the system. Uh, that's probably a little tinfoil hat thinking. But it uh, it certainly is... Um, certainly, it's, it's almost plausible. But that cancer vaccine, that you can't get your hands on. They got to go to a phase three clinical trial before you can get this vaccine that apparently has been showing so much promise. And it's very expensive. A phase three clinical trial is a $100 million project. Why are pharmaceuticals so expensive? Because of the government. $100 million project. It's crazy making. They got a vaccine out there. Let people try it. Give them choices. All right. Um, you go. You go into a hotel or a restroom anywhere, and there could be cameras recording your every move. And these cameras are getting smaller and more difficult to find all the time. It could be in an alarm clock. It could be in a light. It could be in a stuffed doll. Uh, it is amazing the way they're hiding these things in places you would never expect. And, you know, they can live stream the, the video to a phone. You don't have to have a, a cord. Voyeurs uh, can sell the footage to porn sites where it can be viewed thousands of times. Well, how do you check for that? Well, we'll go over a few uh, few ways to do that next on The Gary Nolan Show.
is the Gary Nolan Show. 1135, glad to have you with us. How to find hidden cameras in hotels and house rentals. Uh, we tested five ways, and one was the clear winner. Uh, the story is at CNBC. Hidden cameras are being found in hotel rooms, house rentals, cruise ships, even airplane bathrooms. Uh, and so it, it leaves people wondering, could they, someone be watching me? Uh, could a hidden camera be here somewhere? Spy cams, as they're called, are getting smaller, and they're getting harder to find. And they're getting easier to buy. From alarm clocks to air fresheners, water bottles, and toothbrush holders, cameras come embedded in common household items that seamlessly blend with home decor. You can buy them in shops or online uh, through retailers like Amazon and Walmart. And rather than having to retrieve the camera to obtain the recordings, you can just stream these live images right to your phone. Uh, so the CEO of a Singapore-based tech service company called OMG Solutions uh, was uh, being interviewed about this. He said, voyeurs can sell the footage to porn sites where it can be viewed thousands of times. Uh, so th these cameras, well, they're, they're tough to find. So uh, what they did is they hid 27 cameras in a house. 27 of them, and then provided CNBC with commonly recommended devices to find them. In total, they used uh, five rounds of tests to see which method was the most effective. One of them was using your naked eye, just looking. Uh, you, you go from room to room and you look around to see if you can find anything suspicious. Uh, they did it, and after 20 minutes, they found one camera embedded inside a working clock, tipped off because the time was wrong. That's pretty well uh, camouflaged. Then uh, there is a way using a mobile phone. Uh, for this round, uh, they downloaded a popular app called Fing, F-I-N-G, Fing. <clears throat> that scans Wi-Fi networks for cameras. Um, you can also use the phone uh, flashlight to make it easier to see camera lenses. Uh, common uh, online recommendation. The app showed uh, 22 devices were connected to the home's Wi-Fi, but none of them were cameras. So when the members of their, uh, th their team set up the cameras in the house, they also set up a second wireless network. Apparently, uh, this is something else that gets done. So it's, it's really difficult... Uh, to find these cameras. They tried radio frequency detector. Uh, with only four of the 27 cameras found in this house, they decided to try this to locate them. Uh, the cameras only work when they're turned on. Uh, you only locate them when the cameras are turned on and connected to Wi-Fi, which means they won't find the camera uh, that uses uh, an SD card to store data. Uh, they're also prone to false alarms. So that wasn't totally effective. Then they tried a lens detector. A uh, basic lens detector is cheap, it's portable, it's easy to use, 
It emits infrared light, which reflects back from a camera lens as a red dot. The problem, of course, is you have to get really, really close for it to work. Despite its popularity online, uh, these uh, people who are testing this house only found two of the cameras. Uh, one in an essential oil diffuser and the other in a Wi-Fi mesh device. Uh, that, by the way, that device costs $50. Uh, then they tried uh, using an advanced lens detector. Uh, resembling binoculars, it accentuates light that is reflected from a camera's lens. Uh, it works from a distance, uh, lets you see the cameras from across the room, works in brightly lit or dark rooms. Um, they found a, a, a camera in a tissue box. Uh, in a leather bag, another was buried between files under a desk. Just amazing. Uh, so uh, f- finally, uh, they found 17 of the 27 cameras using all of these different techniques. When you're traveling, you're really exhausted. The last thing you want to do is spend an hour scrutinizing every nook and cranny just to locate a camera. And it's happening more and more. Uh, Social media posts about hidden cameras have increased 400% in just the past two years. Countless articles dedicated to finding quick and easy solutions. But it's a cat and mouse game, and it's a real challenge. So the next time you're in a hotel room, you know, even if it takes an extra hour, I think this uh, lens detector is probably the way to go. The problem is, It's $400. $400. To keep the perverts from filming you in your hotel room or in a bathroom. Cat and mouse game. Cat and mouse game. Would you you spend... See, here's the problem. Let me just... I'll use Brian as an example. Brian, would you spend $400... Just because you're going on a trip somewhere and and you wanted to make sure there were no cameras in the room? No, I don't think so. But I would do a quick visual inspection. In fact, we've done that before. We'll go to like a B&B somewhere. And notably the bathroom is one of the first places that I'll visually inspect just to make sure, look around the mirror, look at the electrical outlet. Uh, You know, things where look up at the vents. Uh, because there are some sick individuals out there, and you know, who knows what is on their mind? Yeah, and you know, the, the hotel—you you go to a hotel, they may not even be aware of it. Yeah, could be that uh, you know somebody who stayed there before—you just don't know. Yeah, and they're collecting that information wirelessly, so they don't care if you find the camera. They have all the goods at their place, wherever they're yeah, hooked up to. Uh, you get a burner phone and you download the the video to your burner phone and go out and sell it on uh, uh, some porn site somewhere. Got to be careful. People are really resourceful at being, you know, cretins. If they just they would just apply that much energy to, you know, good old fashioned hard work. They'd probably be, you know, financially fine. I mean, it's this is expensive and challenging work, uh, cheating people, uh, and and the cost of being caught is terrible. 
<sighs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. People are just, they're just, uh, they're just uh, crazy. That's all I, that's all I can think of. They're just, they're just crazy. All right. Uh, let me do this. Where are we at here? We, we've got to take a quick break. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about football before we run out of hour. Uh, I've got a couple more topics that I want to get to, uh, including uh, zombie viruses trapped in the permafrost. Another reason to be terrified. We'll get to all that in the next few minutes on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 11.49. Glad to have you with us. I got a uh, message uh, from uh, Dr. Hardman. He says, the cancer vaccine that was used for President Carter has to be manufactured to the individual, and it is estimated that the cost will be $400,000 per treatment. That's not, uh, Doc, the same uh, treatment that I'm talking about uh, that I just read. Uh, it's a different treatment. Uh, there are other vaccines that may be more costly, uh, but... Um, it, it's it's the FDA that makes it even more costly, and those prices would come down if we would just let um, let the private marketplace determine uh, the efficacy of new drugs. There are ways to do this that don't involve the government that are more accurate. That'll be more honest because. It, if I review a product, and here I'll give you a perfect example. I um, uh, I've been uh, endorsing. Oh, pick one of them, uh, CC City Broiler, uh, and I say this this restaurant is just great. The food is fabulous. The service is outstanding. And if you're a steak or seafood lover, this place ought to be number one on your list. I endorse them, and I get paid to endorse them. But I won't do that unless I'm confident that what I'm telling you is the truth. So if, if I uh, tell you that uh, Dryer Shoe Store is a great shoe store, I had to make sure that it was a great shoe store. If I tell you that uh, Echo Water is the place to go for for your uh, you know clean water needs uh, to clean up the water in your uh, your house, it's because I know that they are. I tested them. Here's the difference. Here's the here's the deal. If I endorse them and they turn out to be bad products, poor service, whatever, my endorsements become useless. They become worthless. Nobody will pay to have me endorse them because I would have been, you know, like willy-nilly just doing it for the money. Well, the same is true with determining the efficacy of pharmaceuticals. There are labs out there that can do this testing on their own who will charge for it, but their livelihood will depend on giving an honest opinion on the efficacy of a new drug. Or vaccine. We don't need the federal government to drive up the cost of these things, Doc. It'd be a lot more affordable if we didn't use the federal government and a lot more accurate. And it's it, it literally it is an endorsement. 
Just like when I talk about a product or a service or a company or a store here in Columbia or Jeff City, it's, it's an endorsement. They're saying, look, I looked into this company. I looked into this product, and it's good. And so here's my seal of approval without any bureaucracy whatsoever. So, you know, maybe uh, President Carter's uh, cancer treatment was $400,000 a dose. It'd be a lot less without the federal government's involvement, and it isn't the same treatment that I'm talking about. Uh, then uh, the doctor goes on to say vasculitis is common in the general public. I haven't heard of a lot of people with vasculitis. Maybe they don't talk about it. The problem here, though, Doc, is they are literally connecting the vaccine to vasculitis. They've they've got cause. Uh, it's not just you know, it's not just uh, uh, co- coordination. It's causation. Correlation is not the same. They've they have figured out the method and why it is causing this. Uh, but thank you for the email. I do appreciate it. Uh, just want to make sure that uh, we got through that. By the way, I don't know if anybody was watching Fox News uh, over the weekend, their their morning show. But they were talking about the marketplace. And I, I can't think of the woman's name in the middle pit uh, that sits in the middle. But Pete Hegseth agreed with her. They were talking about the marketplace. And she said, I like conservatives monitoring the marketplace. I don't like, she said, the libertarian marketplace. I don't trust them. And Pete Hegseth said, I agree too. Uh, the implication is that without the government, uh, the free market would become wild uh, and uncontrollable. And, uh, and you have to monitor it. Well, the free market has never been unregulated. Never. It's always been regulated. And without the government's involvement, the market would be regulated. Because every city and every state has a law that covers fraud, theft, embezzlement, all of those things. So the marketplace has never been totally without regulation. The libertarian view of the marketplace is simply this. You create a product, you tell us it does X, it doesn't do X, and it caused harm, we get to sue you. We get to hold you accountable. You lied to us, you extorted us. Theft has always been illegal. What the, what the libertarian view of the marketplace is, is we don't need the government to take away our choices and to tell us what we can and cannot consume, or can and cannot try, or can and cannot buy. If, if you've lied to us and you've sold us something that caused harm or you've taken our money, we get to hold you accountable without any federal government involvement whatsoever. Uh, I just thought it was, it, it was probably just a lack of understanding on her part to offer up that uh, the conservative marketplace somehow is superior to the free market and to single out the libertarian view. But I'm just telling you that Free market without big government is still regulated. It's regulated uh, not just by the courts, but it's also regulated by the market itself. 
word spreads. I bought the product. It didn't work. Don't buy it. Whole host of ways that we protect ourselves without having the federal government regulate everything. I saw that night. I'm really, I'm almost tempted to call her up and, and, uh, and have a conversation with her. It was so misleading. Is All that right, almost, uh, Rachel Campos Duffy? Yes, yes. Uh, I am, by the way, almost out of time, but I want to cover one more thing, and that is that Hunter Biden is going to sit down uh, behind closed doors and have an interview, and there are going to be some very, uh, I think, uh, telling answers. He wanted to do this in front of the cameras, in front of, uh, you know, the House of Representatives, where you get five minutes to ask a question, and then there's five minutes to the opposition, then five minutes to somebody else. You can't really follow up with questions. Uh, you can obfuscate and not answer, and that's what he was hoping for. What the Republicans have hopefully succeeded in doing is getting him to have that closed-door meeting where you can ask question after question after after question, you can you can dig in and get answers, and you're not the only one. The opposition gets the same opportunity, but you're not limited to five stinking minutes, uh, so that you can get some some information. I I should have used this earlier in the program because there is Brian. Let me ask you this: What's the one question you would ask Hunter Biden if you had him under oath? And you are asking him about his business. I would say, what are these uh, transactions that involve your family members? Not what? me. No? Nope. Who's the big guy? <laughs> I think everybody already knows the answer to that question, no? No. He's, he's, they're denying it. They're, okay. not, they're not saying it's uh, Joe Biden. That'd be the first question I'd want an answer to. Who's the big guy, Hunter? You refer to him all the time. Who is that? Yeah. So I view this as a victory if he actually shows up and if he actually follows through. And I think this could be the way out for Joe Biden. May not be the way he wants to leave, but it could very well be the way he leaves. He could get exposed. Time will tell. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem. Gwen, baby. Honey, I'm coming home.